Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Men Women in Ministry TV broadcast now on YouTube and Facebook Live. My name is Deanna Fullerton. I'm a licensed clinical pastoral counselor and an ordained pastoral minister um, for pastoral care and founder of Eagles Rest Counseling located in Middle Tennessee. Thank you again for joining me today as we continue our study on the names of God. Last week, we discovered the name El Alam, the everlasting God. My hope is that through our study last week, um, you were able to identify, number one, how is El Olam showing you today that he is your everlasting father? Number two, how is El Olam showing you today his loving kindness? And number three, are there adjustments that you need to make in how you approach El Olam? Well, today is we're in for quite a treat, I have to say. <laughs> um, we're going to study Kana, the jealous God. And so... Um, So get your Bibles ready, and because I once again have another, I've got quite a few scriptures to go over today. Um, but Cana appears six times in the Old Testament, Old Testament, and it is first used in Exodus 25. Cana is translated as jealous, zealous, or envy. The fundamental meaning relates to a marriage relationship. God is depicted as Israel's husband, and he is a jealous God, wanting all of our praise for himself and no one else. This is totally different than what human jealousy is, or what we think human jealousy is. And it is, human jealousy is defined as being hostile toward a rival or toward one believed to enjoy an advantage. We all have experienced either being jealous of someone or being the recipient of someone being jealous of what we have or what we're doing. So in the Bible, we also see examples, quite a few examples, actually, of human jealousy where there are evil overtones. So Cain was jealous of Abel, Sarah of Hagar, Joseph, Joseph's brothers of Joseph. Saul of David, Johab of Abner, Nathan of Adon, Ad, Ad, Adonai, Adon, yeah, I can't, oh, these names are getting me, Ephraimites of Gideon and Jephthah, <laughs> the brother of the prodigal son, and between Israel and the tribe of Judah. So who is exactly Cana? Cana? And what can we expect? Well, with God, we there are no evil overtones. Our creator God is the absolute monarch of all creation. He expects, desires, and deserves all of mankind's worship. And that worship is to be directed only toward him and him alone. You will find scripture all throughout the Bible that God does not tolerate man's worship of another God. It is that serious of an offense to him. 
This is Cana, the jealous God. In Exodus, let's go to Exodus, open your Bibles or your Bible apps to Exodus 24 through 5. This is actually the second commandment, and it's very clear on his expectations. So um, Exodus 24 through 5. And I, once again, I like to read out most of the time out of the New King James Version. Um, so, but whatever version you're comfortable in reading, go ahead with that one. But for today and throughout, I'm going to mostly read from the New King James Version. So it says, um, verse four, four through five, you shall make for yourself, you shall not make for yourself any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations, generations of those who hate me. So, um, you know, I like to go to commentaries <laughs> to get ex extra explanations of the word. Um, in David Kuzik's commentary, he says here, God is jealous in the sense that he will not accept being merely added to the life. He insists on being supreme and he does this out of love. Um, another commentary, um, Alan Redpath, he writes, God's jealousy is love in action. He refuses to share the human heart with any rival, not because he is selfish and wants us all for himself, but he know, but because he knows that upon the loyalty to him depends our very moral life. I'm going to repeat that. But because he knows that upon the loyalty to him depends our very moral life. God is not jealous of us. He is jealous for us. So God is not jealous of us. He is jealous for us. So moving right along in Exodus, we're going to um, look over to Exodus 34, 1 through 14. This is um, Exodus 34, oops, excuse me, 1 through 14. This centers on the renewal phase for God's covenant with the Israelites. The Lord had told Moses to make new tablets to replace the ones he threw to the ground earlier. And God's commandments remain the same. But he wanted Moses to go alone to the summit of Mount Sinai to receive his, his instructions once again. So we're going to pick up in, um, but I suggest, highly suggest that you go back and read um, prior to this in Exodus 34. But we're going to move to Exodus 34 verses 10 through 14. <clears throat> Let me see, 10 through 14. 
Okay. And he said, behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels. And this is God talking to Moses on the Mount Sinai. And he said, behold, <clears throat> excuse me. I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are, whom you are, shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Observe what I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out from before you the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the, with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. For you shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And according to Matthew Henry's commentary, I really like how he breaks this down um, for us. So what was their part of the covenant? To observe that which I command thee. So it's our part as well to observe our, the God, God's commandments, his 10 commandments. We are to observe them. When we, we cannot expect the benefit of the promises unless we make conscious of the precepts. Two great precepts that are found in Exodus 34 um, are thou shalt not work, thou shalt worship no other gods, 34:14. And Matthew Henry says it great here. Not to give divine honor to any creature or any name whatsoever, the creature fancy. A good reason is annexed. It is thy peril if thy do. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. As tender in the matters of his worship as the husband is of the honor of the marriage bed. Jealousy is called the rage of a man, according to Proverbs 6.34. But it is God's holy and just displeasure. Those cannot worship God aright who do not worship him alone. And the second one, which we did not cover, um, but you can go back and read, is in, in Exodus 34, 17, is thou shalt not make thee no molten God. Um, thou shalt not worship the true God by images. This was the sin that they had lately fallen into, which therefore they are particularly cautioned against. So. Um, moving right along in more passages in the Old Testament, we're going to find um, other scriptures that describe Lord as a jealous God. So in the following passages from Deuteronomy, um, we see Moses's description of the Lord as a jealous God. And he's not want his people to worship false gods. Matter of fact, he condemns it with strong terms. And we read these in Deuteronomy 4.24. 
For the Lord is your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Deuteronomy 5 9 says, You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Deuteronomy 6.15 says, For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. And Deuteronomy 32.16 says, They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. I know sometimes it's hard to hear that there is such a thing as a jealous anger of the Lord. If that is a challenge for you, which sometimes it's for me because we don't want, I personally, I've never wanted my parents to be angry with me. I don't want my husband to be angry with me. And I definitely don't want God to be angry with me. But so it is a challenge when I look at God and I think he may be angry with me. So let's look at let's look at it differently and see that the Lord your God, your creator, loves you more than we than you or I can even imagine. And he is very protective of his people. And he is jealous when they worship other gods. The result of worshiping other gods is judgment. Or yeah, is yeah, so the result of worshiping other gods is judgment of sin. And the Lord hates sin and he must judge it. So how do we go about approaching Kenah, the jealous God? Well, number one, do not provoke God to jealousy. So we must flee from idolatry. So, um, Moving to the New Testament, let's see what Paul the Apostle had to say to the Corinthian Christians as he addresses the issue of idolatry. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 22, you can read along in the translation that you're more, most comfortable with. But I thought that I would pull from the Message Bible this time. So 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 22. It, from the Message Bible, it says, So, my very dear friends, when you see people reducing God to something they can use or control, get out of their company as fast as you can. He continues to say, I assume I'm addressing believers now who are mature. Draw your own conclusions. When we drink the cup of blessing, Aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life of Christ? And isn't it the same with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Don't we take into ourselves the body, the very life of Christ? Because there is one loaf, our manyness becomes oneness. Christ doesn't become fragmented in us. Rather, we become unified in him. 
we won't re- we don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us to what he is. That's basically what happened even in old Israel. Those who ate the sacrifices offered on God's altar entered into God's action at the altar. Do you see the difference? Sacrifices offered to idols are offered to nothing. For what's the idol but a nothing? Or worse than nothing, a minus, a demon. I don't want you to become part of something that reduces you to less than yourself. And you can't have it both ways. Banqueting with the master one day and slumming with demons the next. Besides, the master won't put up with it. He wants us, all or nothing. Do you think you can get off with anything else? Anything less? So according to, so that was out of the Message Bible. Pretty strong words. I like it because it gets to the point. Um, So I went to another commentary, the Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology. And it says about the Corinthian Christians, are said to be provoking God to jealousy because of the worship of idols. That's what we just read. This is followed by the question, are we stronger than he? Meaning, can we afford to defy his power? Therefore, to arouse the jealousy of God is is a very dangerous action on our part. On the other hand, God's jealousy is based on his love and concern for us. So, there are other ways that we can pr- approach Kana. And that would be number two is to give up your idols. So, according to a recent article um, from rethinknow.org, I went searching and this was the first one that popped up, but I wanted to see what are modern day idols that we as modern day people have. Because I know we, it's different than Old Testament times and New Testament times. So um, according to this article, there are six modern idols that we worship. This author identified those as being our, our identity, our money, our entertainment, sex, comfort, and and I don't have it up here with me, but our phones. Um, These are things that can potentially take the place of God in our lives. So if you think you may have an idol or you don't know if you have an idol, here are some questions to ask yourself to help you identify potential idols. So where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? Where do I get my joy? And what is always on my mind? So the third thing, wait, so yeah, think about that for just a second. So where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? Where do I get my joy? 
and who is all or what's always on my mind. So another way to approach Kana, the jealous God, is spend time with him. Spend time with God, fully recognizing his glory and majesty. You can do that by reading his word, listening to sermons. Um, more pe some people are more auditory learners than visual and listening to YouTube sermons on YouTube are um, or having going or listening to not um, well sermons, I guess, but reading his word, maybe do a word study. Um, I just picked glory and majesty, but do a word study on peace, on love, on jealousy, any word that you feel like you need to get more meaning of, of idols, do a word study. Um, find, and then through that word study, find a verse that really speaks to you. Meditate on it and then even journal about what God is showing you. Another way you can recognize his glory and majesty is just go out, go outside and see his creation. You know, we talked that I taught or spoke about that at the very beginning about God's creation. And another way is to ask him. Ask him to show you his glory and his majesty. So how can we apply this to our life? Well, ask yourselves these three questions. More questions to ask yourself. Got a lot of questions to ask ourselves today. So have I provoked Kana, Kana, the jealous God? Number two, what idols or potential idols are in my life? that I need to give up? And number three, how can I spend time this week fully recognizing God's glory and majesty? And for the last couple of times, I've been sharing a personal story. Um, I couldn't think of one earlier, but at the very last moment, I did think of something and I'm just going to go off. I have I don't have this written down, so I'm just going to share it from my heart. But sometimes um, my thought, my own thoughts get in the way of worshiping God the Father and giving him the throne, uh, the, giving him top priority. Um, Sometimes I do I do a whole lot of overthinking. Sometimes I overthink my overthinking. <laughs> There's too much thinking. And so I have to pause and I have to say, okay, God, I, I give you the, I give you all of these thoughts, all of my cares, all of my worries, all of my anxieties. I give them to you. And it's like a reset for me. But sometimes it takes a little bit longer than <laughs> to reset. Than some than other days. So um, I would have to say that would be an idol, my own thoughts. <laughs> and I didn't even think about that until the very last moment in preparing this um, teaching that our own thoughts can be idols. Um, and to get our thought life in alignment with the word of God, with what God has promised us and 
um, his word to focus and meditate on his word. And it's a good reset to get back into realizing that God wants all of us. He doesn't want just part of us. And he doesn't want us just on Sundays or just on Wednesdays. He wants us 24-7, all of the time, our whole heart. He wants all of us all the time. And so I hope you find this encouraging and that you would um, just ask yourself, you know, what are what are, what am I giving more of my time and not giving it to God? And I, you will be blessed. You, I promise you, you will be blessed once you give your whole heart and all of your time, all of your thoughts to the Lord. And so I want to pray for you and then I'll close this out. So in dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are a jealous God. And you're not jealous with evil overtones. You are jealous um, in such a way because you created us. You created us to worship you, you and magnify your holy name. And so, Lord, we take this time and we lift you up and we magnify you and we glorify you. Lord, I pray if there's no one, anyone listening that does not know you as their um personal savior, Lord and savior of, of their life, that they would reach out and um, take care of that right now in Jesus name. And Lord, I pray for um, our time as we go forth, that we would realize that you love us so much that, um, and you created us. And Lord, you have good things, you have benefits, and you have good things in store for us. And so, Lord, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. That's due your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So thank you for joining me today. I hope that you will tune in every Friday at 11 o'clock Central Time to Women in Ministry TV broadcast, either live on Facebook or the YouTube channel. And um, as always, I will post um, this audio, the audio of this broadcast to my um, podcast, Devotions with Deanna. If you have specific prayer requests you would like me to pray for you, just send me an email at devotionswithdeanna at gmail.com. And you have a wonderful day um, and a wonderful week. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>